Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. All right, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok or if you're on Clubhouse, find me at Detail Supply App or shoot me a text. That's the best way to get in touch, 918-800-1188. I'm joined today with Nick. You can find him at Vegas.Rides on most platforms. Or if you want to get in touch with him, the best way is to send him an email, Nick at Vegas. VegasRides.com. It, uh, it's been quite an interesting week here, Nick. So uh, if you don't mind, well, I've been working from home quite a bit. So uh, I'm going to pour <laughs> me a cold. And uh, it's uh, like negative seven degrees here in Oklahoma. So I'm drinking a Irish coffee stout. Uh, it's got lots of alcohol to keep me warm. And uh, I like drinking dark beer in the winter. So I, are, you, uh, are you a dark beer fan? uh guinness probably would be the only one you know just uh that's about it i'm not i'm not really i'm not really in in the dark beer if you get into the craft side of dark beer though it makes guinness seem ridiculous like uh almost watered down got it yeah so like a craft stout is just i mean a lot of times it's it's like you're drinking coffee sometimes this is heavy on that flavor with a lot of deep chocolate a lot of times so if you're into that, uh, you know, if not, but uh, the week here has been uh, a well, deep freeze over there. It's been a deep freeze. Mm. And uh, we got about, I don't know, a foot or so of snow last night and uh, projected again to get more snow in tomorrow. All the way uh, to most- South Texas. I mean, it's like this thing is just taking the country by storm, huh? Man, no doubt. And we won't see above freezing until next week. Wow. That's crazy. So it- Detailing in the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. How's, uh, how's that weather holding up out there? Is it still 70, 80 degrees, you know, with no, the sunshine? We had, uh, we had uh, like 70 mile per hour winds on Saturday. Um, in some places, not everywhere, but, you know, some parts of the city. You know, a lot of people don't know that about Vegas unless you visited here when you it was really windy. But, yeah, it's, it's super windy. Um, right now we're just going through a little bit of a – you know, warm for a few days, getting a little cold at night, you know, then warm, then cold. We're, we're kind of going through that right now where it's not like consistent, uh, great weather, but yeah, it's better than freezing. That's for sure. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> we, we definitely have not seen in a, hardly anybody on the roads. Uh, I finally got out a little bit ago cause I just had to, uh, I was driving myself crazy, but, uh, yeah, I understand there wasn't that. too many people out, but you know, there, there was a few, uh, so nothing, nothing really hopping over here. Uh, I guess things are still hopping there in, uh, in Vegas. So good for you. Yeah. I know people in Florida are still going, but people, a lot of people through uh, the Northeast are also, they're in a little bit worse than we are, I think. Yeah, I think so. All right. Any fun news from you? Any cool, uh, cool stories? Uh, cool yeah, cars? So you always have cool cars that you deal with. So Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we thought we'd start, you know, sharing a little bit more uh, of my business or cool things we come across, that kind of thing. So, yeah, we came across the 2021 Cayenne Turbo S, which uh, is a pretty nice car. I mean, it's, you know, special for this couple as well. 
um, a job we took on and then kind of had a fun ending, uh, not so fun ending, but one of those things that, that you go through in business where, uh, we just missed the, uh, entire, uh, rear of the car. And so I got a call oh, about, man. uh, five o'clock that we had made a mistake and luckily we ended up rectifying it the next day, but yeah, I mean, here you are working on a cool car and look, we get to work on a ton of cool cars, but, uh, you have these moments in business that, you know, I think everybody can learn from. Everybody tries to act like they're perfect. We certainly aren't. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just sent me a picture and yeah, it wasn't touched, wasn't polished, wasn't anything. And, uh, you know, when a couple is as excited as they were, I ended up talking to them again this morning. Uh, it's tough, you know, but here's the thing. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have handled it as well. Um, you know, I immediately offer refunds and, Hey, that's our mistake. Take it on the chin, that kind of thing where I'd have been a lot more defensive 10 years ago. Um, when you first get into business, you're like, Oh, I can't make a mistake, you know, but now we made a mistake and we rectified it and we're going to do some work on their Mercedes and that kind of thing. So it all worked out, but yeah, it was a cool car. Uh, but an even all right, talk louder. To me, talk to me about the car. Cause I'm, I'm definitely for the people that know me, I'm a non-car guy. I don't know hardly yeah. anything about them. Okay, so it's Porsche's big SUV. Um, the price has gotten really expensive. Uh, I think this one had about eighteen or nineteen thousand dollars in options alone. Uh, I think they paid one hundred like sixty five thousand for the car. Uh, upgraded rims, upgraded audio system. Which, for those that don't know, uh, Porsche probably has the best audio system that you can upgrade to from a factory. Uh, it's it's a cool car. I mean. It is super fast. I mean, essentially, this is a race car um, SUV. Um, so it's 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 crazy. But they had some carbon fiber put on the car, you know, that was an option. Uh, some stuff electronically that they optioned up to, you know, a nice white with uh, like a red and black interior. Ooh, uh, it's really Red's it's neat. it's a cool yeah it's a cool it's red with like some some black inlays in the seats. Um, they special ordered it. I mean, they went, they went through the works, you know, which kind of surprised me because they're a little bit more of a, a conservative couple, you know, nice cars, but, um, and a nice home, but I didn't realize they had special ordered it. You know, it was like a dream of his. And then, you know, we made them, <laughs> we made the mistake, uh, but we, we got it right. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's a pretty badass car. Um, and the funny part is he's, he doesn't even drive it. His wife drives it. Um, so he kind of enjoys it on the weekend, but it was his, his, one of his dream cars. So, uh, we're going to help him look for another Porsche, uh, you know, 997.1 GT3, I think, uh, that he wants to get into, but, you know, kind of like a, a car guy that's coming into his money and his career, uh, and following that journey with him has been pretty cool because I didn't really know that he was like that you know, but now he's, I think his money got to a point where it's like, okay, now I feel like I can spend some of this. And, uh, he's been cool to, he's been cool to hang out with. Uh, we had another conversation this morning. This all happened last week. We had another conversation this morning about, uh, putting him on a, a more detailed program. You know, you know, uh, our program is pretty detailed for our clients. He's never really committed to it. So we're getting to move him now that he's spending money on his cars into a more detailed plan. And uh, I think that's what he's going to enjoy more. Uh, I, I'm just lucky that he kind of gave me time to fix the problem. Not all, not all customers do that. You know, some are just jackasses and, you know, go crazy if you make a mistake, but he was pretty cool. You know, he knew I wanted to rectify it. We did. And uh, hopefully it's, it leads to a lot more business.
Yeah. I, uh, so first time you ever missed a, a back end? As a company? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not the first, it's not the first time we've missed a spot, but right. yeah, I mean, essentially well, I've missing missed the a back end before I have, uh, with no doubt uh, a couple of times, right. Easy one was, you know, when people would come through the car wash, right. Maybe oh, some, okay, yeah. somebody didn't wipe down the rest of the back end and, you know, maybe those mitters didn't come all the way around. Right. Yeah. Easy one. But I feel like I remember, uh, when we were getting into waterless early on, I had a couple guys working with me. I, I think I remember us missing and getting a phone call of, you know, I don't think they like missed the whole back end, you know, like they missed some of the up underneath that uh, back windshield on a Range Rover type oh, of deal, yep. you know, and that, that, yeah, that can get real ugly. There. You know, we, we have missed that. So were you guys waterless? Were you uh, rinseless? Uh, were you foaming? No, what? it was, it was the whole, the whole shebang, like foam. Uh, what we really missed the most was the polishing. That's what we really missed. So, oh, okay. Like, so they they washed the back. They didn't polish the back. Well, they didn't wash it real well. Like, let, oh. I mean, I'll, I'm not I'm not going to try to take credit here. Like, we didn't we didn't we didn't pull it off. It was just like I said. It was just a brain fart. That's all. Oh, of course, of course. Like you like you can see that it was just kind of like hyper focused on the wrong parts of the car. You know, like this is on on those Porsche Cayennes. The back end is is really you know like in Porsche fashion is really wide. And so, you know, you push this button and your tailgate goes up and it's like, oh, wow, this is, this is so great. Just stayed up there while they were working. They put it back down and left. I get, I could totally get that. Well, here's the thing. I wasn't, I wasn't there. So I didn't get the, I didn't even ask for the full story. I just said, this is what happened. I don't even want to, you know, sometimes it's just like, Hey man, it's happened. I don't want my guys to relive it sometimes. Sometimes I do, you know, if they're, if they're being, uh, you know, like it, like it didn't happen. I will say, well, let's relive it. But for the most part, it's like, Hey, this happened. You know, everybody needs to take the hit. We need to go get this done. And and that's what we did. Um, but 10 years ago, I would have, I would have ruined this, this relationship because it's just, you know, you just grow as a business owner and realize, yeah, I mean, we screwed up. Um, but again, it's actually the funny thing is if you got a client that comes up like this, like, like he turned out to be is like, he was pretty cool about it. If he's cool about it and sees that you're going to work hard, especially if it's a business owner, you know, he's a business owner. He's been a business owner. He knows that he needs leeway from his clientele. Right. So those are usually the people that are like, all right, man, just make it right. And that's yeah. really what he said. Like, even when I offer, offered him a little bit of a refund, he's like, no, nah, man, just, just get it done. Which is cool. He was just like, yeah, I'll just, just get it done. And then let's schedule my Mercedes. Like he didn't think anything about it because all the other work was so great. <laughs> I mean, he could see that the work was great. My guys did a great job and, and they just they, made a they mistake. They just, yeah, made, they just a made a mistake. That was it. Oh, uh, what do you guys normally do? Are you a are you a waterless, rinseless foamer? What do you what do you normally like to do? So we would probably fit into the really rare. We do it all uh, because some stuff of ours is in collection. You know, we can't move some of the cars aren't movable. You know, by us, uh, they're in storage or whatever. So we would use a waterless, rinseless system. Uh, you know. The daily drivers, the more heavily soiled cars, we are set up and do mostly foam, uh, pressure washer, the whole nine, you know, generator, all in the back of trucks. Uh, but we we honestly do it all. And, and if your car is maintained, and I mean really maintained meticulously, and I think this is where waterless and rinseless kind of gets gets off base for me, which I think would be an interesting conversation in the future. You know, if your car is really heavily soiled, waterless and rinseless is really cumbersome. You know, it's a lot of towels. It's a lot yeah. of effort. 
that kind of thing. And water is still the best lubrication on the surface of a car. Like there's no question, no soap, no waterless is better than just pure pressurized water to kind of clean the surface. But for maintained cars, ones that, that, that get driven every day, but they get taken care of every week, we can do rinseless and waterless on most. Uh, you know, we just seemingly go back to the foam cannon and, and that kind of thing, because my guys has been fun, hadn't it? Oh, it's well, look, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't the foam cannons didn't work as well. Yeah. You know, um, now I remember using where you would, you would connect it to your power washer and like shoot out with that other like tip. And it would like, (laughs) even that was fun. But like when I first used my first foam cannon, I was like, Oh shit, this is it. Well, yeah, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes you need the wow factor. You know, sometimes, you know, let's say you're doing your mobile and you're doing cars in a neighborhood or you're doing cars at an office park or something. The foam cannon gets eyes. You know, it gets people to look at what you're doing because, look, you know, a lot of detailers will skimp out on it. Right. Like they won't they won't spend the money uh, for the water and the foam cannon out here, you know, you got to buy water. That's the most effective way, uh, to fill up your tanks and things like that. Cause the water's so harsh out here. So companies like sell water for, you know, a couple bucks, you know, to fill up a tank and that kind of thing. Uh, so guys are real stingy with stuff. And so you don't see, you'll see foam cannons from the, the good guys, but a lot of guys will just, you know, no, it's, it's too much water. No, I'm wasting too much. I mean, they get that kind of cheap. So out here, you can really separate yourself, not so much anymore, but at the beginning of foam cannons, you could separate yourself by just kind of giving that wow factor. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I would say most people now I would, I would say it leans majority, right? Majority use a foam can. No, out here, uh, definitely majority of foam cannons. So yeah, water's a, water's a little different here. I'm saying, you know, people that watch this or see this that are in like, you know, out here, Arizona, they'll know what I mean. Um, all of your good guys are using it. Like, there's no doubt all of your quality guys are using it. But when you get into those lower quality guys, the guys that are just out there busting heads, you know, let's say 20 or 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever, um, they'll definitely start to skimp on things like foam cannons. You know, they may do a rinse, and then use like a chamois on the surface, you know, those, those knock around guys you see in every town, but your quality guys, there's no doubt they're using foam cannons. Yeah. I I've loved them. And you're right. I mean, the wow factor has been super, I mean, it's a wow factor for me when I first started using them. And I say all the time, like I'll, I'll see, there's no doubt in groups. It's still one of the biggest comments about, you know, what foam cannon soap or, you know, watch this and the foam can like, it really is an exciting, fun way to wash your car again. And that's usually always my comment. Like, Oh, I love foam cannons. Oh, it makes it so much fun now. Like I'll even sometimes just sit it up there and waste it. Right. I mean, I'm doing it wasted just for my own entertainment. So I can just see all this foam, like flying all over the car. Like I really enjoy doing it. And and then, so I'll say this, um, there's a, there's a divide in our industry. A lot of people spray foam on, let it dwell, then rinse it off. And then they go into their wash procedure. Hmm. Um, I see that all the time. And I mean, there's a bunch of people that believe in this, And so, you know, I think it's reasonable to talk about the products you put in the foam cannon, right? Like you can talk about the soap. One of the things I don't agree with, and you're, you know, Marty, you're more on this side than me in development of of a soap or something like that that goes in a cannon. Here's a weird thing to me. When I see people advocating to put the foam on, 
okay? Put the soap on the surface, let it dwell, rinse it off, then go in and do their wash procedure. I always think to myself, I mean, haven't we all sprayed the soap on a dirty car? You know, let it set, rinse, and then look and go, wow, this car's still really dirty? Because soap isn't, pH neutral soap, especially, which is basically what we have now across the industry, isn't meant to be aggressive enough to Mm -hmm. just strip the surface. Right. And so, you know, for guys that do that procedure, I've always kind of wondered, I just have a different thought about the foam cannon. The foam cannon for me really is to add soap onto the surface for lubrication for my wash procedure. If I want to use a two bucket method, a one bucket method, which with a bunch of towels or a bunch of wash medium, whatever. It's been interesting to see though. I mean, guys will defend that dwell method. And Marty, I, I don't see a positive of that. I see it just as wasting product that doesn't do because you might as well just do a thorough rinse. The way I look at it is if you're going, yeah, we do a thorough rinse, then we'll throw the foam on the car, then you know, we'll we'll introduce our wash medium to the car. I mean, I have I mean, everybody should probably do a rinse, but I never thought that there was going to be I mean, entire parts of our industry that argue over this, but they do. And, and I don't see the purpose of putting soap on, not agitating it and rinsing it off. I haven't seen a positive from that personally when I've tried it out. Yeah, I don't know that I, that's, that's odd for me too. I don't know that I would do that. I, you know, we were a pre-rinse. There was a while, you know, about four years ago or so, I was messing around with having a, uh, a touch-free because I, I thought the idea of, you know, hey, if we sell soap to car washes, right? And we sell a product to touch-free car washes that if you put it on heavy enough, I mean, it does what it's supposed to do. It strips off the dirt. Now, of course, it's going to strip off everything else, but, you know, it it gets the job done of if you're going to try and be a scratch-free-ish, you know, the best possible would be to maybe not ever touch the vehicle just spray this foam on that's a very high ph um aggressive stripper that would pull it all off and then you come back and rinse after but uh, after many testings and you know evaluating the dip like they're just i didn't feel as a company i really wanted to put that aggressive of a soap in somebody's hand that they're going to spray on a car like it just to me it didn't make sense yeah. And, and, you know, you, you make a good point. The other thing is, is that as detailers, we're so worried about our protection on the surface. And so this is always the argument. Let's say you put uh, a wax or a sealant or even yeah. a light coating. Absolutely. You know, right. if, if we go to a really aggressive soap, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah. I mean, it could strip it, it could leave some of it, it you know, it, it, and so I've never really kind of understood the use of soap as this cleaner. Because the way I look at it is soap is to be agitated, which the agitation leads to the cleaning, right? Like we all know soap has surfactants that helps clean, but the ultimate way to get your car clean in, in today's world, you know, in 2021 is I have to agitate the surface with something with the soap, right? It's the agitation of it. It's like if you really want to clean a dish in your, in your sink, if you agitate it, my dish is going to be cleaner than your dish, Right. So then do you think it's cleaner to use a foam can and soap than a rinseless? I do because of the addition of water. The one thing that I don't think ever gets talked about, and I guess we've kind of glossed over it is 
the lubrication that a good soap can provide to the surface with water mixed in with it is still the most superior way to clean a car because water is still the ultimate lubrication we can use to clean a car. Water is, is a better way to clean a car than soap, but soap and water together, that's the ultimate way to clean the car still. Okay. So I just think a lot of people look for the wrong things in soap. Everybody's brain is all over the place on soap. And, and after 22 years, and again, you go through a lot of soaps. I mean, soaps used to be hyper aggressive. We didn't even have a soap that was pH neutral 22 years ago. I mean, you just threw the shit on the surface and it was like, it would leave all kinds of residue. It was like Dawn dish soap. Um, but, you know, soap for us has always been about lubrication on the surface. We don't want any protection in the soap because we use the soap pre-polishing. And if you, if the, for those that don't know, some of the protections in soaps can be so harsh, you can't even get through them with a polisher. Like we've actually had people talk about uh, Marty, you, you deal in, in the car wash world on the other side of your business. You know, there's some of that stuff that the car washes spray on your car as protection that, I mean, you got to use like a, a wool pad to get through if it's a certain type of protectant. Um, you know, and I know there are guys out there that have, have tried to polish cars. It's crazy. Um, so we don't like any protection in our soap uh, because we use it, you know, for multiple things, right? Just general maintenance as well as, uh, uh, pre-polishing and that kind of thing. And the third thing I don't think a lot of guys talk about, which is very important to us is I can't have soap leaving residue really poorly yeah, formulated. soap. it's gotta be yeah. free rinsing. Yeah. And even when it, when it free rinses, Marty, I, I, you know, you can start getting that white look to the surface, uh, of a poor, if you, if you use a poorly formulated soap long enough, you will start to see a residue build up. Uh, on your customer's car or on your personal car, if you're a DIYer, uh, I think people under and overthink soap because of the snow foam craze. But I don't think I really had a grasp of what was important until, you know, 10 years into my career, right? I mean, you just were always kind of bouncing back and forth. But now it's so simple to, to see a good or bad soap, like you can just spot it from a mile away. So did you ever get into the wash and waxes? Like I, <laughs> I, I did for a little bit just because that's just all that was being pushed. And it was hard to find just a, I finally yeah. did find just a, I think it was cherry bubbles or something, you know, yeah. just something that was just a, a regular soap that, you know, just had some good, like yeah. I've always enjoyed lubrication too, you know, just good product on the, on the paint. The, the deal with uh, wash and wax, I just always felt, well, listen, I'm going to come over and put a final shine or a final spray or something out on the surface after I've dried the car, whether that's yeah. just dried as a maintenance or I've dried and, you know, I've gone through a polish and I'm going to put down a protectant, but I didn't really ever want that in my soap. I just yeah. wanted a good soap that cleaned well uh, and free rinse. Those were my two, right? I want it to clean well and I want it to have free rinsing. So of course, then naturally when we came out with our, our first soap, those were some of the early qualifications, right? I mean, I, I had to put on a good foam, but it's not the most so you've seen, do you do the like full shaving cream where it's, you know, full heavy. There's some people that like that, you know, and I, yeah, I wouldn't say that this is that right. Uh, no. It puts on a good foam, but it's to me the, my favorite part about soap is that it, you can rinse it off and you don't have all that stuff still sitting there. 
Yeah, so there, there's an argument here. So you're exactly right. So if you use really, really thick soap, this is what we found. And we'll just, you know, just sharing from our business experience. What, what I never like about soaps is the thick shaving cream. It, to me, has a double problem. The thickest stuff actually has the least lubrication usually. Uh, you know, when you feel the soap, you're like, wow, this is kind of like shaving cream-ish. Okay, there's not enough water in this foam for me. And remember, we want lubrication or the way we think about it is we want lubrication. So the mitt glides over the surface, preventing marring, scratching, whatever, you know, whatever people call it. Okay, in their in their neck of the woods, everybody says something a little different. But there's a second part of this when you say the word free rinse, when you use really thick soap, and especially, you know, you have cars like Range Rovers that have the rail below the window where the yeah, soap like always gets stuck. we missed earlier, what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. So you, you got the rail along the window. And then what you were talking about is on the back, that rail that goes along the window on the top. I want people to think about this because this is kind of how I viewed it. And I don't know that I'm right, but it's just the way I looked at it. If I don't rinse all the soap away, that means I'm going to have to wipe the soap away or blow the soap away. And in that soap could be dirt, contamination those types of things. And I can potentially take all of this care of the car when I was washing it, but now have this dirty, dirty soap that's trapped under a ledge of a window. And now I'm trying to like wipe it away and not scratch the surface. Um, I, I just never like that. I'm kind of like you. I've always kind of like in between foam and runny, you know, is what I've liked. I've almost liked it more on the runny side uh, because if the lubrication is good enough in the soap, I don't need a ton of it on the surface. That's other. That's the other sign how we test soaps. If I can throw it on super thin and yet I can feel that it's super lubricated, then to me, that's a great soap for our use every single day. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So the other day, you and I had a pretty cool conversation. Uh, we've talked to a couple different people on uh, Clubhouse. Uh, yeah. That's been a lot of fun. The new... Uh, new app that we we've been experiencing and you know if anybody needs an invite if somebody's a, a listener and you're like hey man we want to join you just shoot me a text 918-800-1188 and i should be able to get you an invite over i bet you nick might have an invite he can send yeah. too yeah so uh send him an email if you want to invite we're having a lot of fun just hopping on uh you and i just start chatting and then random people come in and, and we have some pretty cool conversations we, we had a cool. real good one with ian uh, but then, you know, Brian Crosby, I think has been one of my funnest conversations to have with Brian's a, uh, a chemical distributor out of Atlanta. I met him when, uh, we did our free pop-up training there in Atlanta. He was at the IDA event that, uh, I hosted a meet and greet, uh, with, uh, some IDA people there. He came, um, Brian, I really love man. Brian's a really fun guy. There was a, another distributor there that called me the Kool-Aid bag, man. And, you know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Some distributor in Atlanta knew me as a Kool-Aid man. So, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm the pouch guy. No problem. Uh, yeah. You know, so Brian and I have had some really fun times. And so it was, he's come to the pint nights when we do the pub nights at uh, MTE and we've done them at SEMA. He always comes. Uh, we really like Brian. He has a lot of really interesting things to say, uh, a lot of perspectives of the industry and where the dealerships are going and where the, the detail world is going. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get that experience without something like clubhouse, right? So of all the negative that you can talk about the internet, that's one of the coolest parts of the internet is you talk to a guy randomly on a Saturday is when we did it. Uh, 
you know, you're like, Hey, I'm chilling. I said, Hey, I'm chilling. We got on Brian happened to be chilling. And so we sat there and just talked about the new stuff he's coming across the new stuff we're doing. Uh, you know, you introduced me, you, you asked him some questions. He asked us some questions and, the cool thing is, is that, you know, it has a chance. This is like how every social media has ever started out. It has a chance to be really something cool. The problem they're running into, and I told you, I was listening to this guy who's, you know, been a part of Twitter's growth and Facebook and, you know, he's a, he's a tech uh, savant basically is what they call him. And he said Clubhouse has an inherent problem, right? The problem is, is that you can have like the blowhard problem where these guys start a room and they go in the room and they just talk to the room, never like bringing people up on stage. And, you know, and that for those that haven't been on the platform, you know, they have to bring you up to be able to talk, you know, so you can speak and ask questions and be engaged. And so, you know, that's one thing that the platform is going to have to come overcome. We all know what the second part is. Uh, Facebook and Twitter have already started building their clubhouses. Uh, so it's that popular that popular so quickly they're already trying to counter how well, here, long tiktok had to go tiktok had to go musically to tiktok i know facebook tried to buy them it didn't work then they went through all this chinese stuff but people you know instagram finally came out with stories to try and combat tiktok but that was a long time really no it, reels real i'm sorry sorry reels. yeah yeah you're right yeah. you're right reels uh stories was for um uh uh uh, uh what's the one with the ghost mm, snapchat Yes, um, yeah. so they came out with reels to combat tiktok but that took months so facebook yeah. is already saying i mean because now we're only a couple months into clubhouse since i think it's even been around most people still aren't even on it and they're seeing the growth that fast that facebook is already saying we got to come out with our own well here's the crazy thing do you think sometimes it's not just growth it's that people can start feeling the buzz they just hear the word clubhouse a whole bunch or they come across it a lot or somebody's talking about it or two idiots like us are sitting on a podcast having a chat about it. And all of a sudden they get into their brain like, hey, this thing's this thing's about to catch fire. Because I think that's where you're at with clubhouse. Clubhouse is certainly not on fire now. It's on its way to catching fire, right? Like you can feel that it's at the beginning stages of now you're going to start seeing Nike and Apple and all these companies start having their own rooms, but what's that look like? So I, I think it is pretty, pretty interesting for those that haven't jumped on it. Like I said, if you need an invite, uh, we can invite you onto the platform, but the platform is really, it is kind of cool and strange at the same time, right? Like it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta push a bunch of buttons to get guys up on stage and they got to raise their hand. And I mean, so there's some things that they have to get ironed out. I think you and I know that by just using it a few times. Um, but there's no doubt that there is something to, and this is the idea. The guy kind of put it into what Clubhouse's idea is. Clubhouse wants to basically corner the market on live podcasting. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make live podcasting a thing. And who knows if that can work, but you know, look, now you got the brightest minds and Facebook and Twitter. I'm sure Apple's going to jump in. Uh, you know, I'm sure Snapchat and other companies will jump in. And so somebody will figure this out. Will it look exactly like clubhouse? I don't know, but I mean, somebody's going to figure it out for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
Nick, thanks so much for your time. It's a good discussion. A little different than we normally do because we thought, hey, let's let's change it up a little bit. Let's uh, yeah. have some different discussions and uh, get a little feel. And you know, maybe we we change directions. Uh, yeah. So thanks for your time, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for the chat. I think it's good uh, good to catch up on what's going on in the industry and different perspectives. Yeah. So thanks, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Have a good night. See ya. episode over leave us a review and we will see you on the community pub wednesday nights at 7 30 central the zoom meeting id is 918-800-1188 that's the community pub wednesday nights 7 30 central the zoom meeting id is 918-800-1188 grab a pint and enjoy